Eye on 2020, episode 122. Have 2020 vision with Eye on 2020, the podcast that brings you all the news and events in the lead up to the next presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date as we approach November 2020 with a libertarian perspective of all the candidates and their policies, along with the news. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's clear our vision. Hey everybody, Ray Eaton here, your host of Eye on 2020. That place that you get to come to on a daily basis, Monday through Friday, I release five shows per week for you so that you'll have the news, all the information that you need uh, with regards to all these candidates, their policies, their positions, the news that's going on, everything, right, for this 2020 election. This is a election cycle that is going to be pretty exciting to watch. Donald Trump made his first speech a couple of nights back, and it was uh, pretty fun to watch. You know, I, I did my whole show about that the next day as well. Uh, which I hope you guys listened to that show. That was the uh, Keep America Great was the title of the show. And uh, go ahead and check that one. I think it was episode 120. And uh, I'm sure you'll like it. I just kind of went over my critique of it, went over and just kind of talked about what he talked about and let you guys know my feelings about it. So uh, check that out. But he pretty much formally kicked off his campaign. And I was watching the news the next, like over the next couple days and stuff. And, um, you know, that's not like the highlight of, of any news cycle by any means. Obviously, Fox News is covering it and stuff like that, but it doesn't seem like that's the that's the news of the day. There's other stuff that they're covering as well. So uh, media is going to kind of ignore them, I guess. I don't know. I mean, they're just going to keep on plugging away at the same things that they always do, though, which that's normal. Uh, he was calling them out as the fake news the entire time, which was pretty, pretty funny to watch. I was telling somebody that I was... You know, I was hanging out at the pool in my neighborhood, and I was talking to one of the other people that was there, and I was just saying to her, I said, man, it's just fun to watch the guy talk. I I said, I don't vote. I don't do anything like that. Uh, I just think it's fun to watch the guy talk because he does know how to work a crowd. He does know how to make it interesting to watch, and it's kind of funny, you know, the way that he kind of just makes fun of people and so forth. It's 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 entertainment, and that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to entertain you with all this stuff so if i could find you know funny things to talk about and so forth uh you know that's what i'll do as well but um 2016 was entertaining donald trump definitely knows how to uh entertain at least i mean that's what he's good at right so that'll be fun to watch going into 20 2020 as well it'll be fun to watch what he does to all these candidates he's already calling burnt not or not burning Sanders. he already calling um joe biden sleepy joe He's got a couple of names for other people as well, so Pocahontas and so forth. So it'll be fun to fun to watch at least, you know. That's what I'm thinking. But today, kind of what I wanted to talk about was kind of just some stuff about the feelings that people get when they watch these campaigns, and that's what I wanted to talk about today. But first, go ahead if you can subscribe to the show. I think you'll, you know, if you want to hear the show tomorrow, subscribe is the easiest way to do it, so you might as well. And then if you really like what you hear, give me a five-star rating and review. I actually had a really good review from somebody uh, the other day, and I'm going to go ahead and read that to you guys now. Yeah, so this was a five-star review from a gentleman named Timelock. And 
Five star review. I was very happy about that. It said insightful. It says that Ray provides an excellent angle on the issues of the day and delivers it smoothly. Well worth your time. So I was appreciative of that time lock. I really appreciate the fact that you would take your time. And since you, apparently your time is locked up, right? So you take your time and go ahead and give me a five-star rating and review. Uh, I appreciate that. And hopefully all my other listeners, they'll get out there and give me those five-star ratings and reviews as well. I will read those things on the show and let you guys know that I appreciate it because I really do. That's going to help with those algorithms that everyone talks about. That's going to help me to get this show in front of more people because we're starting like Donald Trump is, we're starting a movement in the Libertarian Party or in the Libertarian community. Not the Libertarian Party specifically, but the Libertarian community. We're starting a movement. We're starting something that's going to build up in 2020 and on to 2024, then on to 2028, where we're going to start getting leaders into lower positions in order to start getting them people into higher positions, right? That's kind of the strategy that a lot of the Libertarian-leaning people are pushing towards is getting liberty-minded people focused in on the lower positions, like the in the community, you know, the, on the city council, on the county commission. Get yourself into those types of positions. Become the libertarian dog catcher if you can. You know, you might as well. And then at that point, you can start getting that name recognition out there in your community. They start seeing, hey, wow, this guy really does follow a libertarian principles and it works in our community. Maybe we could get him into the state house, the state senate, into governorships. And then at that point, we move forward into Congress and into Senate and so forth. The next thing you know, we are pulling apart the government piece by piece, defunding this, taking away that, getting people, you know, privatizing things moving everything away from the government, planning, and then we get someone into the presidency that can you know, put that final nail in the coffin and bring it back to a constitutional republic, and then ultimately just you know, get it down to the point where it barely does anything. But I mean, that's a far distant, that's a, that's a vision that's way off in the future, guys. It's not going to happen overnight, but that's for us to do. We need to be the ones that are focusing on that. So the first thing you could do is, you know, get yourself out there actively doing something. Listen to this show, share it with your friends. I think that's a good thing to do as well. And uh, give me a five-star rating review that'll help people that are looking for libertarian messages to come across this show as well. And then, uh, you know what, just be, be an example to your friends. Let them know how you feel on a, you know, give them some education about libertarian principles and so forth. That's something that we can do on a daily basis. So, But today, what I wanted to talk about, now that you've already subscribed, now that you've already given me a five-star rating review, I know you paused the show and did that, right? But what I really wanted to talk about was uh, we've been programmed in America in some way towards patriotism. I mean, it really is true, and I think all countries are like that. I think that if you're in Britain, if you're in India, if you're in Norway, if you're in China, like our governments program us in some way every single day from the time that we're born almost. You're programming when you're watching the football games, when you're watching baseball games, when you're watching your high school football game, when you go into any type of group event, we're programmed towards patriotism. And I started to realize this when I was 
listening to Donald Trump speak. And I was, I think if you picked up on it, I picked up it on as soon as I said it when I was recording that podcast. But I noticed that I said, even I got excited about him when, I t- when he was talking. And I was thinking about that all day the next day. And I was thinking to myself, why would I get excited about Donald Trump? I am not a statist at all. I am somebody that, in my ideal view, would like to be able to eliminate the state to the point where it's almost completely gone, if not completely gone. That's how I've always felt, the state apparatus. I think that there's governing, that you can have a government, but the state, the initiator of force, I think that that's something that we can get away from as a society down the road. Um, but, you know, that's a very long time off. That's something that's not going to happen overnight. That's not going to happen in the next 10 years. It's not gonna, I mean, that's something that's going to take a long time. I mean, for you to have self-rule, it took five, 600 years from the time of the Magna Carta up to the Declaration of Independence and so forth. You know, those are, that was years and years and years between the time that people started to understand the idea of self-rule and so forth, the people ruling rather than kings and, you know, tyrants and so forth. So we're way far off from that. But in America, we are, I mean, we've been programmed towards patriotism. And it just, I got thinking about that and I was like, why on earth was I getting excited of all people? Because that's how, like I said, I am not somebody that's a statist whatsoever. I do believe in the realistic fact that we live in the real world and that we have to work within the world that we're given. We can't, we can't have a dream of a utopia. We have to start working towards making this the world that we want it to be. And we can do that. We can start to teach people, educate people, and so forth, to get them not dependent on government, to get them to start to vote for people that are going to be put, and that are going to talk about self-dependence, self-reliance, non-aggression, and so forth. We can vote for people like that, and we can start creating that world that we want. It's going to be a multi-generational thing. So I think that there's a, there's a path that we can start moving towards so that we can have that utopia that we dream about but i don't think that'll i just think that that's you know all academics in some way because you could talk about who's going to build the roads but the government's going to be building the roads that's just the way it's it's gonna be until we get to the point where the government's doing a lot less than building the roads right right now they're giving welfare checks to people right now they're over there overseas building roads for armies for our armies to use to go and invade countries we can't start working on who's going to build the roads here until we start getting the troops back home, stop having the foreign interventions and so forth, right? So that's how my realistic version of being anti-state is, is that I want to start moving towards that ideal, but we have to work within the world that we live in. So that's why I'm, you know, that's why I, when I talk, I don't talk about being anarcho-capitalist per se, because that's just an ideal I think it's a way that we can start moving towards that pos- that position, but we have to act. I'm an actor. I believe in doing something rather than just sitting back complaining. I've always felt that way. So anyway, that's how I am. And I'm sitting there watching Donald Trump talk, and you know he comes out on stage and he has, proud to be an American, where at least I know I'm free, and all that. And we sang that song when I was a kid from the time I was in second grade. 
our chorus teacher had us singing that song. We would always sing these patriotic songs. You know, you say your Pledge of Allegiance, you sing Yankee Doodle Dandy, you start singing. Like I remember when, when I was growing up in Connecticut, the teacher would let someone choose which patriotic song they wanted to sing. And I mean, you're just conditioned in that your entire life. Pretty much in any country you live in, you're going to be like that. So when somebody comes on stage that's the President of the United States and they're playing that song, I mean, it's like Maslow's dogs, man. You're salivating at it. Even somebody that knows better is salivating at it. It's easy to get caught up in that. So just imagine, have a little bit of empathy, think about how other people are in this world and realize that they're the same way right? Me. I blew my mind that I felt that way. Now I watched it for the critical eye, but for that moment, for that second, when he came on stage and when he started talking, I had that smile on my face and I was ready to listen. You know, just everybody in that audience was the same way. Everybody in that audience was the same way. Now I can quickly move away from that, right? I can quickly get myself back to reality and start looking at it objectively, but you get caught up for a moment in all the patriotism, all the waving of the flag, all the hail government, and all this stuff. And we shouldn't, have, we shouldn't be like that, but that's what all governments do in order to keep their people in line. I'm sure about it. I'm sure the Democrats, they feel the same way when they have their person walk out on stage. There's the patriotic music playing, they're here for the American people and all that. And we believe that stuff. Just imagine for you, if you feel that way even a little bit, but then you can pull yourself away from it, imagine how everybody else is as well. Because we have been trained to be patriotic. If you're in any other country, your country has those little things that they do in the public education system, in things that are going on in society where you put your hand over your heart and you sing something, your type of national anthem or whatever, and then those patriotic songs for your country. Every country has those things. China, India, Pakistan, I'm sure. And then every culture, every group has their little things as well to make them feel like they're part of that group. And we're trained on those things from the time we're kids, so it's hard to break free from that. It's absolutely hard to break free from that. You have to work on it constantly so you don't get caught up in this hype because the reality is is that when Donald Trump is up there saying whatever he's saying, whatever he's going to do, he's going to use the government force to do it. The same thing with any Democrat that's there. They're gonna, whatever they say they're going to do, they're going to use the monopoly of force that the government has in order to make it happen. Whether you think it's good or bad, you might think it's good, but it might be bad to somebody else. But should the government have the ability to take from some and give to others, confiscate from one and give to another, or make a law that benefits one but doesn't benefit another? I don't think that that's... I don't think that it's... That's where our government should, or should, government should not be involved in stuff like that, ever. Because that's where you get crony capitalism, you get the corruption within the government, you get the pandering, you get those 
lobbyists that are trying to get their stuff. That's just the way it is. So, but getting caught up in all the patriotism and stuff, that's what they want you to do so that you will just go along with the flow. You get the Republican to choose or the Democrat to choose your choice. You got your choice. But they are two sides of the same two sides of the same coin. That's it. They're both the same party. They're both the statist party. They're both the party that says that you need to depend upon us because we're going to provide it for you. We need to get rid of that patriotism that we've been trained on for our entire lives. From the very beginning, I try not to raise my kids that way. I try to have them be critical. I try to teach them to be slightly critical of our government. Do not just believe everything that you're told. Do not just say that, yeah, the government's the great, greatest and hail it. You know, my kids are, I think my son will be going to Washington, D.C. next year for his sixth grade trip. And uh, I'm going to have to build him up on that one, too, because I just think that that's going to be a big propaganda campaign for my kid. But I want him to go and see it. But I want him to look at it from the crit- with a critical eye. So that's what I'm going to start talking to him about before he goes. And I think that he understands those things. I've talked to him a lot about that before. I mean, I've had him read the Tuttle Twins books and all those, you know, the, the law. And I can't remember all the other books that they, that they wrote. But those are good books for your kids to, to, for your kids to read so they can have kind of a critical eye and understand the way that the government is the things that the government does that are bad and so forth. They're children's books, but I think he started reading them in you know, second or third grade or something like that. Um, got kind of bored of them at this point, but I think they're maybe for younger kids. I'm not sure. But uh, anyway, it's important that we start training our kids that way. That's what I feel. But for you and me, for those that are in this, that are listening to this show, our parents probably were not. You know, the rebellious libertarians, the people that were, you know, homeschooling their kids because they don't want them to be propagandized and all that. So when you're listening to these, you know, these campaigns and these slogans and hearing the music and all the patriotism, it's easy to get caught up in that for a second. I went to one of those uh, country concerts. I go to a lot of country concerts. Uh, It's just fun going there drinking beer. I always have a blast. My wife and I will go. We'll always invite a couple people. We'll go and we'll just drink beer and have fun. Uh, There was outside you know, country concerts and the pavilions where they have the, the grass seats. It's like 30 bucks for some grass seats. Sometimes they run sales, 20 bucks for grass seats. So I'll just buy four tickets, invite a couple of friends to go with us or a husband and a wife to go with us or something like that. Get our line chairs, hang out and drink. And I think it was Toby Keith. We went to his concert and, uh, he's like Mr. Patriotism when he gets up there. I mean, I think the only reason why people like Toby Keith is because he sings all these patriotic songs. He's always like overseas with the military and stuff like that, which that's fine. He can do that. I think that those guys overseas, they probably need some kind of entertainment and stuff like that. And they need to feel proud about what they're doing, I guess. Um, but anyway, that's a lot of people that are very patriotic. You're training that in your entire life. So when you start hearing Toby Keith talk about the red, white, and blue and the flags and all that stuff and stand up if you're a soldier and all that like everyone starts clapping and cheering and raising hell because of it that's because we're trained to be like that we're trained to be like that if you go to china they have the same exact people singing chinese music whatever kind of music they listen to in chinese their version of country music they have their guy their toby keith 
whatever his name would be, I'm not sure. But they have their guy, and he's going to be doing the same exact type of thing that Toby Keith is doing in order to get the people to be praising their government, praising their military and so forth. It's how they keep you in control. It's how they keep you trained in order to realize that you need to put country first. So anyway, I just, my biggest, the reason why I put this show together today is simply to just let you know how I felt. Because I, I don't know if any of you guys caught on to that when I was, it's in the first, you know, five or ten minutes of the show, 120, about Donald Trump and uh, the new campaign slogan and all that. Keep America great. Go back and listen to it. If you caught on to it and uh, said, wow, why was Ray all, you know, giggly over this guy? And even admitted it slightly, right? And it was really quick, it was passing, but it just had me thinking, man. And it made me realize that, yes, we have all been trained to get those butterflies in our stomach when we hear presidents speak. To get those butterflies in our stomach when we hear an authority speak. Something that we think has authority. So, if you guys ever get a chance to read this book, it's called... um, the book is The Most Dangerous Superstition by Larkin Rose, and it's just an interesting read. He talks about how governments and states, they're more of a superstition that we've created in the world to say that somehow this entity has the authority to tell us to do things that we otherwise wouldn't do on our own. For example, like they call it a war, but really it's just mass killing of people, right? But we rationalize it as something good because we say the authority is telling us to do it. So we can go out there and kill somebody uh, on the battlefield even though it's wrong to kill somebody because the authority told us to do it. So you, then there's a lot of things like, there, like there was one particular uh, study that was done he refers to, uh, I think it was the Sanford prison experiment, I think is what it was. And at that point, they were they put people into, you know, some were the jailers and some were the, the um, the, some of the jailers and some were the convicts, right? And the jailers even they had the perceived authority to do what they wanted to do to the convicts, and the prison experiment had to be ended like way before it was started because people just started taking advantage of that system, as well as that study that was done where they had somebody in a glass room that had supposedly had an electrical shock hooked up to them if they answered a question wrong the person had to shock them then turn the dial up and if they answered again they'd shock them with an even stronger pulse even to the point where it killed it would have killed somebody if they didn't or if they if they pushed the button would kill the person that was being shocked and the the authority figure would continue to say you have to do it it's part of the experiment you must do it and the people would actually do it to the point where they would actually be able to kill somebody because an authority was telling him to do it. So he talks about the the dangerous superstition is the most dangerous superstition is the belief in authority. And that's what we've been programmed all our lives is to be patriotic and to believe that the government is the authority figure. So when I was listening to Donald Trump listening to Donald Trump, I was just reminded of that particular instance that, you know, we've been trained our entire lives. So we just need to realize that when we're thinking about uh, what we're doing in our lives. If we're going to move forward with a libertarian movement, right? Everyone's on a different level. There's the extreme anarcho-capitalists. There's the new libertarian groups. There's the new people that are to the libertarian movement. Not everyone understands 
I mean, there's so much arguing and infighting within this movement, but we just need to have a unified presence in saying anybody that's going to move towards liberty is good, man. Everybody that's moving towards liberty is good. It's important to realize that. We don't need to have this infighting among us because we've all been programmed to be patriotic. What we need to do is realize that realize that point and then start saying, so is everybody else. Everybody in America has been brainwashed in that sense to be programmed to be patriotic, whether it's for your party, whether it's for your group, but we're all in that together. And what we need to do is get out there and spread liberty. What we need to do as a group is talk to our friends about that and realize that they are the same way. They've been programmed to be patriotic as well. So when you start telling them we need to dissolve the government completely and abolish it, if you're an anarcho-capitalist, they're not going to understand that because they're patriotic. They've been trained to be that way. They have been. Even I, I mean, I had it. It happened to me. And I wasn't like all googly-eyed over Donald Trump for more than about literally a second and a half during that speech. I looked at my, I was like, I didn't look at myself, but I like, it just occurred to me. That I had a smile on my face while he was up there at the very beginning of his speech. And I was like, whoa, I just got caught up in the moment with the whole proud to be American song and all that junk that was going on, you know? And, um, but everyone, we, we can't just get out there and just start saying to people, hey man, we need to abolish the government and government sucks and all that stuff because all those people, they believe in it. But we need to start teaching people a different way that we can start taking apart a little bit of it. Like, do we really need the Department of Education? That's one thing that you can we can all agree is wrong. Do we really need soldiers in Japan? You know, do we need to have an entire island dedicated to our military base in Japan. No. I mean, that's something that we, we've been there for since the end of World War II. Same thing with Germany. Do we need a base in Germany? We could start rationalizing with these people, saying maybe it'd be best to pull the troops home. And at that point, we could talk to them about other stuff as well. Maybe the government doesn't need to be involved in all the things that it's doing. Maybe the government doesn't need to be involved in Medicare for All. But we're, like I said in the show yesterday, we're on the one-yard line right now, man. We got 99 yards to go. We don't even have a game plan together. We don't have a playbook, nothing. And we're all, we all just, we were programmed to be patriotic. We all are. And we need to realize that and just move people towards liberty. Just That's what you can do. And that's why I'm doing this show. I say this at the end of every show now. Do something for the libertarian movement. Just do something. It doesn't have to be something great. It could be just some, something in your local community. It could be in your neighborhood. It could be in your college dormitory. Wherever you're at, you can do something to bring somebody around to liberty. Somebody will listen to you and get those people to listen. Do what you can to live the example, you know, be an example of these people and show them a better way. That's what you can do. Let me know your stories. Ray, e, or Ray at IonTheEmpire.com. That's Ray at IonTheEmpire.com. Let me know your stories. I'd love to hear them. I'd love to hear about what you're doing. If you have a website podcast, I'll plug it. 
I'll also talk about your story and what you're doing. I'd love to hear about it. You'll have the last minute of my show when you send me that information, okay? That's what I'm talking about. I would love to share your stories so that people can know about what you're doing in the libertarian movement so it can inspire others to do it as well. Because I'm not going to inspire anybody, but your story might. So let me know, all right? Ray at IonTheEmpire.com. And then give me a five-star rating and a review so we can get those algorithms going so more people to hear your stories. And then also, just subscribe to the show and check me out, IonTheEmpire.com, all right? And then what you can do is come back tomorrow and have clear vision for 2020. Oh, wait. You won't be coming back tomorrow. Because I'm not doing a show tomorrow, guys. It'll be Saturday. I do a show Monday through Friday. So come on back on Monday and you'll have clear vision for 2020. If you haven't already done it, go and check out the show Cannabis Heals Me. That's where Rachel talks about the healing properties of cannabis and tries to change people's views and people's minds, the perception that people have of the uses of cannabis. It's not just, uh, you know, for recreational use, but there's a lot of purpose behind the reason why people use it. Uh, Some people use it for PTSD. Some people use it to help with epilepsy and so forth. So go ahead and check out that show. You'll really like it. There's lots of great shows, great interviews that she does with people within uh, the cannabis movement as well as libertarian movement in order to spread the message of liberty, spread the message of a plant that can be used for healing purposes. Uh, I think you guys will really like it. I really enjoy the show. So go ahead and you know check that show out. You'll find it on any of the podcatchers. And that's Cannabis Heals Me. Ion 2020, episode 102. No, 122. Oh. Ready, go. <laughs> <laughs> go. Wait, you started it? Yes, go. I on twenty twenty episode one oh twenty two. I on twenty twenty episode one twenty two. Go. I on twenty twenty episode one oh two.